Hey guys, in today's episode, we are going to be discussing the different types of people you'll meet at a rave. We'll be diving into these rave personalities and stereotypes and what their characteristics are like. I'll also be sharing your emails to see what our Rave Culture cast audience is actually made up of. So let's get right into it. Hey you guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Thank you all so much for being here and tuning in this week. Uh, I am super excited about today's episode, you guys. Um, But before we jump into everything, how are we all feeling, you guys? Happy Wednesday. I hope everyone is having a great week so far, wherever you guys are listening from. I am personally having a very nice, relaxing weekend right now when I'm recording this. I've been watching some live streams. Um, The weather was finally beautiful in New Jersey this past weekend. So I got outside, threw the football around with Brian, um, and just sort of like relaxed. I've been doing that a lot more lately, and it's been feeling great. So I hope all of you guys are staying happy and healthy as well. I've also, um, just a side note, been diving into some new hobbies in the absence of music festivals and shows right now. You know, we all have a little bit of spare time, so I've picked up um, starting to learn how to read tarot cards. So I've always been super into that and astrology and like all kinds of spirituality. So super random, but I'm filming a vlog on it right now for my YouTube channel, Um, just the whole process, and it's been really fucking exciting. I'm so pumped about it. So that's what I've sort of been up to you guys behind the scenes. But anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in this week. This is um, an episode that I've wanted to record for a very long time. I feel like this is getting back to like the fundamentals of rave culture today because we are going to be discussing kind of like subcultures, but more rave personalities and rave stereotypes. And I mean, no offense by this episode. This is totally for fun. Um, Whether you guys are just getting into the EDM scene or you have been around forever and you totally know everything I'm talking about, uh, I just thought it would be fun to take like a deep dive into the different stereotypes and discuss them. I have some new ones on the list that are more recent. And you guys sent in tons of emails because I asked you to tell me what your personalities are. So I'm very excited. I haven't read any of them yet. So I'm excited to see what our audience is like. If we have like certain groups of people listening right now, or if we have like a range of everything, um, it's going to be very exciting. So that is what is in store for today. But before we get into that, um, some big things you guys can do to actually some little things, to be honest with you, that you guys can do to help support the podcast, um, help grow it and get the word out is, you know, of course, make it your Instagram stories, tag at Rave Culture Cast and at Emma Capotis in your posts, your tweets, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, you guys can go subscribe to my YouTube channel, Emma Capotis, uh, if you guys want to watch any of the interviews or watch the whole Rave Culture Cast playlist over there. Um, Uh, And of course, please rate and review on iTunes, throw a couple stars, it takes like 10 seconds and it really, really helps um, the discovery of this podcast. Um, So thank you guys so much for doing that. Uh, I would not be able to do any of this without you guys listening and supporting. So I really, really appreciate it. 
And with all that being said, um, upcoming submissions I'm looking for, you guys. So uh, this is my second call out for a rave family submissions. So I want to hear all about your rave fam. Um, How did you guys meet? What is like the story behind it? What festivals you guys travel to together? What what is like the dynamic of your family like? Is there anything that makes you guys unique? You know, do you guys all have matching jerseys? Like tell me whatever it is about your story um, that makes you guys special. Tell me about your rave fam and any experiences you've had, stories you want to throw in, all of that good stuff. Um, We're going to have a full episode dedicated to rave fams. So please email me raveculturecast at gmail.com com. That is raveculturecast at gmail.com with those submissions. Uh, I'm also kicking off a new submission. So I want to do an East Coast versus West Coast episode. And not in any way, of course, we keep things positive here. It's not a competition, but I have always wanted to talk about and compare East Coast festivals to West Coast festivals. What are the differences? What makes one you know, better than the other? Or are they the same? Are they different? Like I kind of want you guys, if you have been to festivals on the East Coast and the West Coast, even better, help me out with your comparisons because I personally am on the East Coast. I have attended five EDC Las Vegases, um, which I'm going to consider Vegas West Coast. So I have a little bit of a comparison, but I have not done any festivals in California and Washington. So I really need your help here. I'm really going to need some good submissions. So um, yeah, guys, let me know your thoughts on the festivals on East Coast and West Coast. Share your stories, um, any comparisons that you guys have. And for anybody, and for the record, East Coast, I'm doing northeast southeast so florida counts as east coast obviously south carolina georgia virginia delaware pennsylvania new jersey all of that fun stuff and west coast of course california washington vegas like anything like that all of my central states texas fam nola louisiana like wherever you guys are centrally if you want to write in about your festivals as well and what makes you different from east coast and west coast feel free to throw that in we'll make this an entire like united states festival um episode so anyway very long way of saying please send me submissions for east coast versus west coast festivals to raveculturecast at gmail.com okay uh next up let's get into our listener of the week which i'm super excited about So for any of you guys who don't know, every uh, episode at the top of the episode, we want to highlight some of our listeners um, and just people in our family or people that you guys want to give a shout out to um, and highlight. So yeah, send me again submissions for listener of the week. This one is from Raven Ray. It says, hey, Emma, I would like to give a big shout out to my rave mama named Danny Fisher. She is the head admin on the Mala Nation and Chami Nation Facebook groups. She's always giving the group positive encouragement as well as a little fun to our days. She keeps giving all the latest track IDs and keeping a lot of and keeps a lot of the ravers up to date on all things EDM. Anyways, love the podcast. Keep it up and can't can't wait to rave again in the future. Thanks so much, Raven Ray. Oh, I love that so much. That's so cool. Uh, Danny Fisher, you are our listener of the week. Thank you for being fucking awesome and for leading a group like that. Love Mala and Chami. So big fan over here. Um, I think all of these like unique 
groups and communities on Facebook just like are such a great way for people to connect and share, you know, interests and hobbies. So I think it's awesome that and it takes a lot of work to run these groups too. Um, just a side note. So keep up the great work. Thank you for doing things like that for this community. Um, we love to see it. And yeah, again, guys, that's a perfect example of a listener of the week nomination. So feel free to send in any of your friends or people in your life that you want to shout out. Okay, I'm going to take a super quick break here and then we will start getting into the rave stereotypes. All right, you guys. So where do I kick this off? Um, So I want to say that I actually have done this sort of topic before. Um, It was actually I pulled it up. It was August 2017. So when I very first started my YouTube channel in March of 2017, this is one of my first videos. And I did a breakdown of rave stereotypes and it was called the types of people you'll meet at a rave. So it's a good throwback video. I'll try and link it in the description here so you guys can check that out. Um, But again, it's just sort of like going back to the basics with rave culture, which I like to do episodes like this every now and then. just to educate, just to have fun and talk more about like the actual culture that we all know and love. Um, And it's just fun to break down the stereotypes because there are so many, they're always changing and, you know, growing. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the characteristics, why they became so popular. Are they really accurate? Like, how do we feel about them? Because I think some people can take offense to some of these but on the same at the same time like some of them are pretty accurate and it's just fun like we're not trying to take this personally so yeah we're going to take a deep dive into those different subcultures of the raven festival scene and again some of these are going to be a little bit more old school some of these are a little bit newer Uh, i went back and watched my video and i had new ones for the list and that was back in 2017 so it's just been three years and i already have some some new categories that i'm going to personally throw in And then um, after I'm done chatting here, we're going to get into your emails. Okay, so let's see. Oh, and I wanted to quickly mention if any of you guys are on TikTok, which I'm a big fan of lately, I've been trying to step up my um, my EDM TikTok game. But I feel like I've seen a lot of these like rave personalities played into in these TikToks lately. Like they're kind of like joking around with the stereotypes. And I think that's sort of like the best attitude to have about it. So if you guys are interested and you have a TikTok or you don't yet, um, obviously the more you like of a certain category of a video, the more you'll see on your feed. So I've liked so many festival and EDM videos at this point. A lot of my feed is like EDM TikTok. So anyway, I just think it's like fun to to play with it over there and make fun of it a little bit. But um, I hope that this is also somewhat informative for some of you guys who have never heard of these categories. Maybe you'll learn something new today because that is a big part of this podcast as well. I do want it to be educational. Um, okay, so let's get into the types of the ravers you're going to meet at a show or a festival. Um, and again, disclaimer, this is not every type. I'm definitely not going to go into all of the subcategories. Like I picked probably arguably some of the most popular ones that you'll see in like other articles or other um, stereotype lists. So we're going to start with this first one. So I'm going to kick it off with a candy kid because a candy kid to me is like classic raver. Like this is rave culture to a T. Uh, I feel like it was very big in the 90s and it's still, you know, a lot of candy kids exist now. Maybe it's not like as many as it used to be, but it's classic raver. It's old school. Um, a candy kid is somebody who is adorned in so many like candy bracelets, 
perlers, cuffs, intricate designs um because clearly it's a passion of theirs they're creative they know how to like make all of these cool things and usually like i remember i met somebody at um ever after music festival who was a candy kid like i don't even know how many pearl or necklaces they had on they had cuffs from their like fucking shoulder to their wrists they had them hanging around their body like it's fully intricate um you would also associate these things with like a pretty bright, happy personality, somebody who truly embodies what it means to be plur, which plur is peace, love, unity, and respect. It's sort of like a mantra or a motto that a lot of ravers live by, um, sort of like a code of conduct in a way, you know, peace, obviously keep the peace around you, love each other, love yourself. Um, you know, you're all united around with the people that you're at these experiences with. So respect yourself, respect the people, respect the venue. Like that's the whole mentality of like the plural lifestyle. And I feel like a candy kid sort of embodies what that is. Um, but at the end of the day, it's somebody who loves candy, wears a lot of it, uh, usually bright colors. And again, a little bit more maybe of like an old school raver personality. But, you know, we got our, we got our new candy kids coming in here, too. So that's the first one I sort of wanted to talk about. Um, and these are in no order. I'm just going to like hit you, hit you with a bunch of different ones. Uh, the second one I want to say is a rave mom or a rave dad. I'm sure a lot of people have heard this term before. I would definitely fall under this category. Um, that's the other thing about these that's amazing. You can be multiple. You can be one. You could be none of these. You might just be a free spirit and not feel like you don't fall into any stereotype. So, you know, whatever floats your boat. But I am 1000% a rave mom. And what is a rave mom? I would say the brave mom or the rave dad is the responsible one of the group. Uh, they are always looking out for others. They're taking care of their rave fam. They're taking care of the random strangers around them that they don't even know. Um, a rave mom or dad is always prepared. So their lunchbox hydration pack or whatever they have is fully stocked with all of the items you'll need. Like they're the one that has the gum. They have the chapstick. They are giving people their water. They're trading candy with people. Like they are making sure people don't get too fucked up. I would say I, I'm always the one with the game plan. Like my rave fam knows that I know the schedule. They'll all be like, okay, Emma, what set is up next? And they just trust that I'll sort of like guide us and pick something that's like the best for all of us. And again, just wants to make sure every, everyone around them has a good time, stays together, doesn't get too fucked up. Um, and I know that might sound to some of you who don't fall under this category like a nuisance or... Maybe even you might be like, that's too stuck up for me. It's too much of a responsibility. I have a great fucking time. Let me tell you, I can let loose. I do all of the things I want to do at the same time as being like a rave mom. It's just the type of person I am. I'm a caring person. I let, I'm type A. It's just me to a T. So that's sort of like what a rave mom or dad um, would sort of be like. That's their personality traits. Okay, this next one's a good one. This is a very popular term, which I feel like will be one of the more controversial ones, and that is a wook. So I had to look up like other people's definitions of wook because I have my own and I obviously don't fall under this category, so I don't want to get this wrong. But if you were to ask me straight up what's a wook, I would think a wook is like a base head, somebody that's a little bit more like they dress a little bit more hippie or bohemian, more of a free spirit. I think some people like lovingly call themselves a wook and then I feel like you have the people who think of a wook as somebody who's like 
dirty, doesn't shower, has dreadlocks, like kind of can be a stoner or a little bit of a druggie. They might be into more of like the jam bands and bass festivals and camping festivals, like more like in tune with the earth. Um, But again, that's an extreme. I don't think everybody that's a woke like falls into that category, but you will hear a lot of people talking about them like that. Like, oh, they're very heady and vibey, kind of like a vagabond. Yeah, Urban Dictionary, I had to look up the Urban Dictionary uh, of it because it's just their definitions are so funny. And of course, theirs is very negative. It said like, outwardly, they have ratty dreadlocks, often garish, garishly hippie-ish clothes that lack subtlety. And inwardly, they have an insatiable need for crunchy jams and nose drugs with a staggering sense of entitlement that results in them sneaking into festivals while simultaneously demanding good money or good heady trades for a pitiful wire-wrapped piece of sea glass. Oh my god. They aren't afraid to criticize a festival for anything for their use of styrofoam plates to their policy on illegal vending and haven't bought their own pack of cigarettes since 2008. <laughs> that is not my definition. That is Urban Dictionaries. Again, I don't know. I think people like hate on the term sometimes, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. One of my good friends, Ash, Ashley Gothier, calls herself a woke lovingly. And I just think it's a base head. I think it's somebody who's more chill, way more laid back, down to earth. Um, a lot of bass nectar fans. What else? So I don't know. So many bass music um, communities and like artists, I would say, like have this type of raver. If you even want to call them a raver, I would probably wouldn't like say that. But, you know, that's the name of this episode. So anyway, that is a long winded way of saying that is sort of like what a wook kind of is. They definitely have a pashmina draped over their head. <laughs> they wear cloaks, like like looser fitting clothing, t-shirts, like whatever. That's kind of like the vibe we're going for there. Um, okay, complete opposite end of the spectrum because I'm going to get a little bit into more like music or genre related terms now. The next person I have is a house head. So a house head is pretty basic like it's self-explanatory I definitely am 1000% a house head it is a lover of all things house music Urban Dictionary describes it as a house music lover who eats sleeps shits breathes house music (laughs) 100% I would say these people obviously can't get enough of it fun outgoing love to dance higher energy I could say like a lot of big partiers shufflers would definitely fall under this category so pretty generic um you know house music is such a broad term there's so many different subgenres within that but if we're going to say a blanket statement um it just means that you're like super into house music that's your favorite thing okay so the next genre i'm going to go into is a techno snob now i i don't like the term snob i know a lot of techno fans don't like the term snob or being called that or being stereotyped that but that's sort of like just if we're going to really be talking about stereotypes here, that's what people categorize some of them as, like sort of music elitists. Um, But I would just say like techno fans, you know, obviously into techno, maybe only techno. Uh, I think that's what the stereotype is. It's like uh, from the outside looking in, people will say like they honor techno. They think it's the best genre. Nothing else can compare. That's like truly what raving is. Again, sometimes you can perceive these people as elitists. Um, They might be more into like underground raving. Definitely not mainstream, like won't catch them at main stage. Wears a lot of black. 
I would say sometimes like prides themselves in knowing artists and songs that other people have never heard of. So I think that's where like people start to play into the stereotype of like, oh, they think they're better than you because they know all these like songs without lyrics. (laughs) Um, I think techno isn't for everyone. Like I grew into it, which is why I think techno is such a cool fucking genre like I feel like some people who just get into the scene like it can take you a while to grow to love techno and appreciate it for like the true art form that it is like again me back when I was first going to festivals was that main stage of course and then now I love like Factory 93 and um, Neon Garden at EDC Las Vegas like I'm more inspired by the smaller stages and the more niche genres so I don't think maybe it's the most beginner genre for some people. I think they can like learn to love it over time. But anyway, I think that's all like the categories of like a techno snob, if you want to say that's what people would categorize them as. But um, once you're in, you're in. You're like you really know. And I would say like um, obviously I've been super into Io lately, which I've been singing his praises. If you guys want like a very easy way to get into techno he's a newer newer techno artist like he's obviously not like a Carl Cox or somebody like that um who's been around for like ever but um it's an easy intro if you want to start dabbling with techno I would I would recommend Io I really really like him okay completely switching uh switching sides here we're gonna go to a headbanger so, or a rail rider, they're a little bit different, but a headbanger is somebody who's into dubstep, the bass music scene, way more into heavier music, still high energy fun, typically wears like a lot of black, uh, enjoys slamming their head up and down, headbanging, fucking shit up, having a great time. Um, and then a rail rider is somebody who likes to be up against the rail at the very front of the stage. Um, to see their favorite artists they hang out there for a while usually and you will catch them headbanging going fucking crazy uh so yeah so that's sort of like sometimes those can go hand in hand but a rail rider in general is just somebody who rides the rail sticks up in the front camps out in the front they want bass and their motherfucking face do you know what i'm saying <laughs> okay so the next one, uh, I kind of touched on this a little bit, but I would say uh, the next stereotype is a rookie or a newbie, whatever you want to call it. This is a first time raver, somebody who is in complete and utter wonderment of all things rave culture, the lights, the music, the stages. They are like the most naive. Their eyes are wide open. They're like in awe of everything because it's all just like, so new and exciting to them um they might be getting a little overwhelmed especially with like the level of production and the shit that goes down at festivals I would say sometimes they can tend to overdo it because they haven't learned the lessons yet and learned the pace or like how to pace yourself at um a show so they're you know they're still learning they might make some mistakes that's totally fine um some people shit on newbies or like I feel like I've seen people who just get annoyed by them or they're like oh my god this person's clearly new here but I'm obviously welcoming to all people you have to start somewhere at some point so you know they might be a little bit shyer because they don't really know the the ropes just yet typically found at main stage which is why a lot of older ravers do not like main stage because you get all these people who are new who may not know the plur mentality, the rules to follow, the unwritten rules to follow of the rave. So sometimes you can get people who are a little bit more there to party rather than to like 
fully enjoy the culture and the music. So sometimes newbies can fall under that category. So yeah, so that's what I would say. And then the veterans. I love me, my veteran ravers. I love all my veteran listeners. Anytime I meet somebody who has been raving for a really long time, maybe part of the older crowd. It's like such a fucking honor that you listen to my stuff because I'm like in the middle. I've only been doing this for like, what, 10 years now, nine years and only doing festivals for five. But, you know, very much like obsessed with the dance you know, music scene. So anytime I met a, meet a veteran raver, uh, it's the best feeling ever. So this is usually an older crowd. They have been there. They have done that. They've seen some shit. (laughs) They've been around for a minute. Um, Typically like to stand in the back of the crowd or I mean, again, this is blanket statements, guys. I know you might be listening and you might be a veteran. You're like, fuck that. I'm up in the front. More power to you. Um, But yeah, they might be in VIP because you, you know, if you're an older raver, you might just like kind of want to spend the money to have a more comfortable experience. You could probably also afford VIP tickets. Uh, Veteran ravers are super dedicated. Obviously, they love the music. They are fully about the culture. They are still here after all of these years. And like I said, all of the veteran ravers I've met are super sweet, always willing to help other people and show you the ropes so, you know, we, we need our veteran ravers at these shows to show us the way. Next up, I have shufflers. So we're going to get a little bit into like some of the flow arts here um, and some more like talents, I guess you could say. So a shuffler is essentially um, a dancer, somebody who knows how to shuffle, which is kind of like a combination of different Uh, dance moves like the running man stomping the kick sidestep the t-step I believe it originated in Melbourne because I think it's called the Melbourne shuffle Um, but it's a very popular form of dancing in the dance music community Um, shufflers are so much fun to watch I love the shuffler community I would consider myself a an amateur shuffler I'm not there yet but I do love to get down and dance and express myself in that way shufflers are high energy always ready for a good time, always starting the party, typically found in shuffle circles, of course, which are towards the back of the crowd, maybe towards the side. Um, It's just a bunch of shufflers. They'll open up, open up a little circle and then just show off their dance moves and jump in. And it's all about creating this momentum and creating this energy and excitement. They can start the party anywhere kind of thing. And these are definitely like the showmen of the rave, right? Like they're there to make a scene. They're there to show off their dance moves and have fun and express themselves. And typically, I mean, shuffling can be done to any music, but I would say you'll see them a lot of the time at the house and techno stages. But, you know, you could do it anywhere. You could do it at trance stage, whatever, hard style. Okay, complete opposite end. This is one of the newer terms I was talking about. I'm going to go with a mosher or moshing in general. So this is definitely a newer term to the EDM scene. It's typically referred to more in rock music, which is where moshing makes more sense, but we're not going to get into my feelings on that today. But no, I've just seen an uptake in moshing in the past few years, definitely since I first made that video. I think it's just because it's very, like the types of music moshers listen to is dubstep, heavy bass, maybe even hard style or hard dance so you know it's probably more the dubstep though honestly if we're we're, we're being honest here so that kind of music a lot of it has a similar undertone and vibe a little bit more aggressive 
way heavier. So it's kind of like I get the moshing because I feel like a lot of those people were into like alternative and like emo and heavier music then. So like now they're just they're now they're ravers or now they're bass heads. So it's sort of like it goes hand in hand. Usually a younger, rowdier crowd. Honestly, I know they're just there to have a good time. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of fun. If you're being safe about it, like the Festival Finesser has some really great videos about like the rules of the mosh pit and how to have like a mosh pit coordinator and make sure people don't get hurt. If you're doing all of that, like I say more power to you, have fun. I think there's a time and a place. I've been at a fucking Don Diablo show and a bunch of drunk assholes started a mosh pit and I was not having it let me tell you it's a fucking Don Diablo show ain't ain't nobody got time for that if you know what I'm saying (laughs) so I think there's a time and place for it if we could keep it at the base the base shows and the base stages I think you'll make a lot more people happy but anyway um okay we're almost done you guys I have a couple more our next stereotype is a flow artist so this could be a hooper glover glover is a big category in itself whipper levitation wand user i don't know what we call that level wand um, but a flow artist so in general similar to the shuffler these people go to raves and festivals to show off their talents um it is takes a lot of practice a lot of time to master these skills you know they are great they are giving back to other people they are giving you a show especially glovers like they're there so other people can have a good time to me flow arts like completely add to the experience of a raven festival like i don't i think if we didn't have any we would lose some of the charm of these events because i think it's just such a cool addition to the culture and it's so much fun to see that so i think it's heavily tied into rave culture i i do want to do a full episode you guys about gloving or about flow arts so if any of you guys have like favorite people to watch or super talented people that you think I should have on to interview about this please email me um again raveculturecast at gmail.com I would love to interview some people about that um those hobbies so anyway so that's sort of like what a flow artist is um it's just really cool it's they're putting on a show again they're showmen and they're just bringing their talents to the table and, and entertaining people Okay, so the next one is a sober raver. So I know this sounds like a weird stereotype, but I feel like it definitely is a whole category in itself because obviously there's a heavy connotation of substance use to raving, which I always say is one of the biggest misconceptions, but I also understand the tie between the two. But sober ravers are a huge category in themselves. I love sober ravers. They always have a great attitude. They are truly there because they love the music and they love the experience and the the plur life um, and they just want to be in that environment, obviously. Sober ravers obviously have the benefit of remembering the entire event, guys. (laughs) Uh, They can sometimes be stuck as the responsible one, so they might also be in the category of rave mom and dad because they're sober, Um, but they're just like the most wonderful people. Some of my favorite events I've ever done were when I was sober at the events. Um, I've met the best people that way and again felt the safest remembered most of the night so um so we gotta love our sober ravers out there on the opposite side I would say there's probably the raver stereotype of like the druggie again I know it's like a negative connotation so I don't want to play into it but I'm also a realist and like that definitely is a stereotype of some ravers so that's like the person who's like literally there just to get fucked up like the person that's there just to take substances go all out go crazy overdo it 
um and that's like their sole purpose so you know we have feelings about that but it is what it is (laughs) okay we're almost done here okay last two I wanted to call out are groups so we have the rave couple all my lovely little rave bays out there um these are the couple goals guys they're attached at the hip they probably met at a show or festival some of them dress alike they match in their outfits and I don't know, I, I you know, we always have the rave couples. There are the PDA couples out there. They're adorable couple goals again. Um, but it is, it's really fun to see some of the partners who have met at shows together and share this like common interest and um, can express their, themselves and have fun together. So we, you know, it's always adorable to see the little rave couples in the scene and in the community. And lastly, uh, for this list, I'm going to have a rave family. So it's not really a stereotype, but if we're going to call categories of ravers, I just wanted to touch on the rave fam. Um, It's just a whole group of ravers who have formed a bond together, formed their own unique family. Um, It can be anywhere from three people to however many, 50, I don't know. It could be two people. Um, But it's just a family that you formed at an event together and you guys have stayed in touch you travel together you have this special bond um, and all different rave fams have unique traditions and stories and all of that fun stuff which is why I can't wait to hear what you guys write in about for the rave fam episode but um, yeah that is my last personality type my last category of ravers and um, now I want to get into your email so let's take a quick break here and then I will be right back to read your stories Okay, you guys, so this first one I actually just read ahead and it's a category I didn't even mention. So that's why I was really excited for you guys to submit your own entries in here. So this one is from April. It says, hey, Emma, first off, I hope you're holding up okay during these crazy times. Thank you so much for everything you do for the EDM community. Your videos and podcasts always make me smile. I hope to meet you one day. Thank you so much, girl. That means a lot to me. She said, anyways, I am 100% a trance head. Trance music uh i hooked oh trans music i hooked me on edm back in high school back in 2004 i can actually thank my dad for showing me edm and trance he had this ultra trance cd or something like that i'll never forget the first three incredible trance tracks i ever heard they were as the rush comes by motorcycle the gabriel and dresden remix of no one on earth by above and beyond and burned with desire by the trance god himself armin i still adore all of those songs to this day Ever since then, trance music has been a huge part of my life. The soothing melodies and beats give me strength when I need it the most and have helped me through so many dark times in life like the one we're in right now. No one, no music has ever been able to give me the peace of mind and clarity like trance music does. It means the world to me. I love other genres too, but nothing is quite the same. I love all the subgenres of trance, but my favorites are uplifting trance, vocal trance, and side trance. Trance music will always have my heart. Peace and love, April. O-L-O. Oh, hey, April. What's up, girl? Um, That's incredible. I'm really happy you mentioned that because trance in itself like is so uplifting. Like there's just nothing like a trance set. I miss going to trance sets. It's just like it's ethereal. It's uplifting. It makes you feel good. And I feel like trance similar to techno, like those fans are so loyal and so dedicated. And it's just like a whole nother group of humans that are just wonderful 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 human so I totally agree with you on that I love the idea of a trance head 
Okay, our next type of raver up. So this is from Anthony. It says, hey, Emma, I am the group's big little brother. I am the youngest of my group at age 20. I make sure that all of my friends and surrounding people are hydrated. If my friends use substances or consume too much alcohol, I make sure that they are okay and or lead them to the hotel after a bad trip slash when they're drunk. I always have Vicks, water, chapstick, portable charger, etc. in my lunchbox. I guess you can call me somewhat of a rave dad. In the end of all these things, I make sure everyone is having fun in a safe manner. As for stereotypes in the rave community, I love the uniqueness and diversity of it. This is what makes the EDM community special. However, no matter what stereotype someone is, we're all united as one, and that's all that matters at the end of the day, from Anthony. Shout out, Anthony, for the lunchbox, for being in the lunchbox fam. That is a perfect example of a rave dad. Uh, you can be a rave dad at any age. That just goes to show you can be 20 and be a rave dad. Um, but I completely agree. I think it's just a part of the culture. I don't take offense to it either. So um, I absolutely love that. Okay, this next one is from Darlene at Hey, it's DK. It says, Hey, Emma, hope you're doing well. Just wanted to say thank you in advance for doing what you do for the rave community. She said, personally, I would con- I would categorize myself as a rave mom. I'm always... Uh, the person in the group who makes sure we have everything we could possibly need for a rave. So if it means making sure our hydro packs are filled with gum, wet wipes, Vicks, extra fans, whatever you name it, I probably have it in my bag. I'm definitely that person in the group who says as soon as we get into the venue, we take a couple pictures, get water, and then make our way to the first set. Oh my god fucking me (laughs) i'm the exact same way i'm like guys we're getting inside we're gonna all pee we're gonna fill up our water we're gonna get our photos done so they're out of the way like a fucking itinerary i promise we're not boring (laughs) Uh, i'm usually the one with the game plan for the whole day i take into account all the artists we want to see that day and break down what set or stage will be at accordingly it's honestly like clockwork to me at this point in my raving career my rave fam always makes fun of me for leading our group because i'm the shortest five foot one same oh my god we're the same twinsies but I always know how to maneuver my way through a crowd the best of course they say excuse me to me I'd rather be prepared for anything that could happen at the rave so that I know my fam is always having a good time I love taking care of my rave fam making sure they have what they need so we can all enjoy the rave better I understand that there are some rave stereotypes out there and I have nothing against having rave categories I think it's nice to have to belong to a niche group in the community When it comes to negative stereotypes about ravers, I really do believe it's arrogance and ignorance fueling the negativity. I think it's up to our rave community to continue to educate new and veteran ravers about certain stigmas we have in rave culture so that we can continue to be an open and welcoming group. Although the rave community is very accepting and welcoming of all people in all walks of life, we should always remember to love without judgment at any raves. You'll be having the most enjoyable experience at a rave if you truly go in with an open mind each and every time. I think many ravers stay ravers because we're attracted to the positive energy the rave culture creates. Most importantly, stay safe, stay vibrant, and take in the memories you get from each rave because each one is unique and there's an experience to take away from any event you attend. I love that. Very well said. I could not have said that better myself. This community is the fucking best, man. Okay, so this next one's from Emily Dell. What's up, Emily? She said, so this... Uh, wasn't listed but I consider myself a main stage babe oh hell yeah she said I'm the type of raver that can be found at main stage on the rail you'll probably see me on the live stream I spent a month perfectly curating my outfits and I danced with my arms up in the air Um, and then she named a couple other stereotypes she said base base heads these folks go hard you can find them at the base stage wearing a face mask pashmina combat boots base heads have two hairstyles braids or down and tangled (laughs) 
She said, Wooks, while these guys like bass music and also wear pashminas, they are not the same breed as bass heads. A wook is most likely wearing loose-fitting clothing, maybe harem pants or paisley bell bottoms and they always have a third eye pinecone pendant around their neck they are the nicest people you will ever meet i do agree with that and we'll probably share their drugs with you <laughs> house heads i would also put myself in this category too because i love house music similar to wooks these guys are super friendly and approachable but usually in their own world uh the more active folks in this group are clacking a big fan or shuffling in a com- in comfy kicks these people are almost always smiling This is awesome. And she said, I hope you're hanging in there during this uncertain time. I know everyone in this community is worried about when we will be able to return to normalcy. I feel fear that things won't get better for a year or so, but it's important to stay positive. I think it would be cool to talk about the future of music festivals in an interview and make some predictions of how, oh, that's a good idea, how we'll be able to gather again while staying safe. Thank you, Emily. That's an awesome idea. Uh, And her handle is at Emily Dell. That would be a really cool topic to cover. I would be down to do that. All right, guys, I feel like these hours these hours this hour always flies by I always get so nervous before I record an episode that I won't have enough like to talk about to fill up an hour and here I am 55 episodes later (laughs) still with like plenty to talk about because I don't shut up uh so I hope you guys enjoy this content um okay a couple more emails to go uh this is from Anne says hey Emma I just saw your IG post about stereotypes so here's mine Uh, She said, I like to think I am the rave mom. Even when I'm under the influence, I have to make sure my friends are taken care of. Do you need gum? I have extra sunblock. Water is always packed. And carry your ass if you need it. I don't believe it takes anything away from my experience because I've already had my fun. Now I just want you guys to have it. I'm 28, turning 29 soon, and I've been going to festivals since 2013. Shout out, girl. As I get older, I see how much young demographics coming to raves and festivals with such naiveness, so it's important to have the one person to keep yourself in check and make sure everyone is having having fun is your priority. That was fucking awesome. So many rave moms and dads. I'm starting to get the feeling that we're very similar, which is maybe why you're <laughs> listening to this podcast. Okay, this next one is from she, and it's at X she uh x-i-o-n-g on instagram and snapchat okay hi emma my name is she and we actually met at imagine last year i started raving when i was 18 and never really thought about stereotypes until i saw your post i would say i'm definitely a headbanging rave mom when it comes to festivals and the type of edm i generally gear towards i usually make sure to be prepared with the essentials so that anyone i'm with is comfortable and having a great experience Stepping into the EDM community gives me all the good vibes and raging away all the bullshit life throws is the best relief. I'm so glad I found your platform as a guide for anyone who's eager to know more about the community. You're such a genuine and uplifting person and I hope to see you at another festival in the future. Thank you so much. That's fucking awesome. I love meeting you guys. That's that's like the one part that I'm the saddest about is just like, it's going to be a while until I get to give all of you hugs, but the day will come very soon, hopefully. Well, not very soon, but it'll come. Okay, so this is from Carlos. Uh, He said, hey, Emma, I've been watching your YouTube for just about a year now and decided to finally participate in one of your questions. Oh, hell yeah. I love when you guys write in. So thank you for doing that. Okay, so what type of raver do I think I am? I would definitely say I'm a headbanger first off. I would say a bass head, but I've I heard that's what you would call a bass nectar fan and I'm team excision. No, you're all good. You are all good. Bass head covers all uh, bass genres. Bass genres. That's not a word. We all know how loyal those fans are for these two DJs. Yes, 100%. I would also consider myself a wanderer. 
Oh, that's a good one. When I first started going to festivals, I would always stick with my group until one day we got separated and it was for the best because I got to experience new artists more freely. And since then, I've been going to shows and festivals alone, roaming around, meeting all sorts of new people. I should have mentioned that solo ravers is totally a category of raving. So we're going to add that to the list, you guys. As far as what I think about rave stereotypes, it's pretty much the same thing as regular stereotypes. There are some good ones for sure, like rave parents and candy kids, and there are some bad ones like Molly Munchers that give raving a bad look or even the trains that move through the crowd that tend to, tend to be labeled a certain way. Totally true. I've been going to festivals for a while now, and I'm still learning all the different labels people come up with for certain things. It's just how things, I guess... It's just how things are, I guess. It makes it easier for some people to get a quicker read on you. If someone is called either a househead, shuffler, rave baby. Oh, rave baby. God damn it. Why do I call it a newbie? I call all of you guys my rave babies. That's my fam name. (laughs) Or even Brads and Chads. I missed Brads and Chads. I'm so mad at myself. This is why you guys come through. Brads and Chads are like the fucking bro stereotype. Like frat bro, main stage, chugging beers, shirts are off, like probably doing drugs like just going crazy probably listen to fisher (laughs) if someone is called either a househead shuffler rave baby or even brads and chads you kind of already know what to expect when you see them before really talking to them it may help sometimes but it does do a little bit of damage but like i said that's just regular life yeah and even with the brads and chads i know i was kidding um but there are wonderful brads and chads out there. People get a bad rap and immediately think one way of you if you're a buff dude with your shirt off. And we, we you know, we got we to gotta be nice to everybody. Okay, let me get through a couple more of these. Sorry, some of these are very long. Um, okay, this is one's from Ray Vachet. It says, hey, Emma. Um, she said, personally, I'm mostly a virtual raver these days. That's a good one, Shay. Um, raving in my room, lol, but used to be a rail rider, headbanger, bass head, rhythm lover. Uh, would that make me a wook? I don't know. I see, I smell pretty good, but I sweat a lot. <laughs> she said, I'm the one to keep everyone's spirits up and do group moral checks and all of that. And of course, I love to trade candy. So I guess I am all things, not mom, but mainly headbanger. Love you so much. Hope you're staying safe and well. Same to you, girl. You could probably be, I would definitely say like bass head, candy kid. Um, okay, this next one, hold on, is from Martine O'Marty at m.a.r.t.y McFly on Instagram. Okay, so Emma, happy one year anniversary of Rave Culture Cast. Thank you. You're the only podcast I constantly listen to and look forward to any Wednesday, every Wednesday. Also, love your YouTube channel. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Um, okay, she said, as far as my stereotypes go, I'm definitely a combination of three, a bass head, a candy kid, and a wook. Goofy sounding, I know, but let me explain myself. I love weird and heavy bass in all caps. (laughs) Love it. I've only been into the EDM scene for about two years now, but I rapidly discovered I like to get down to the dirty wubs. Headbanging, moshing, I like it all. I'm also a crafty person at heart, and I love to give things away at festivals. Uh, the Minnesota nice in me, maybe. So I love making perlers and candy, which means I always have a bunch on with every outfit, no matter what the vibe I'm going for. I actually have some candy to give to you. Vibe with Aiden. and Ashley Gothier. That's awesome. I plan to do it at Forest this year, but I will hold on to them to give you next year. Yes, please do. I w- we're going to have a big ass meetup for sure, especially if it's going to be next year. The Wook, something I never thought I'd classify myself as. Just kidding. My festival friends mainly fall under this category and I love them. So I knew it was coming eventually. 
First, I bought myself a pine cone necklace, and then I discovered that my local Goodwill had a shit ton of pashmina, so I bought all of them because they're pretty and I couldn't help myself. Then came the hats and pins and everything else associated. Very true. Uh, So she said, so yep, that's me. I love it, and I'm happy to be able to fully express myself in this community. Thanks for reading, Marty. Aw, she sent pictures. You're so cute. I love it. I love all the different personalities. I think it's what makes this all fun. Okay, so this is from Mackenzie. It says, hey, Emma, I just wanted to thank you for still putting out videos and staying positive through this thing, through this whole thing. I got laid off and your videos are helping me get through this. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, honestly. Um, Thanks for listening. I hope so. I'm trying to keep the content coming business as usual, guys. I definitely want everybody to feel good and still have something to celebrate about this community. So we're going to we're going to pick up the slack in the absence of everything going on. So she says, I have been raving for almost five years now, and since the beginning, I have always been the rave mom, since I always had everything on me, and I've always been the player girl. Over the years, I have transitioned into a wook in a way, but still love being the mom and the player girl. I think candy and trading is one of the best parts of going to a festival and rave. It puts such a big smile on people's faces and truly inspires them to be positive and happy. Till this day, I made candy for every show and festival and will never stop because I love it so much. It makes me sad seeing the candy kid phase slowly fading away um, in others, but I know I always know there's somebody out there to trade with me, and it's always an amazing moment. Stay positive and stay stay healthy. I agree. I I think it's more rare to see like a full blown candy kid with like everything. Um, when you do, it's crazy. But I am the same as you. Like I'm trying to keep trading candy and like that whole culture alive because I think it's so much fun. Okay, so this one says, hey, Emma, laughing at how you mentioned my embarrassing story last episode, but I wanted to submit what kind of raver I am. I would totally say I'm a headbanger and candy kid. I have just recently gotten to headbanging with my new rave fam and listening to more dub death step. I constantly am in the car headbanging and and constantly making bass faces. I would also consider myself a candy kid because I love trading and making candy while meeting new people. Some of my best memories are meeting people from traveling and trading bracelets. When putting the bracelets on, I always remember where I got them from and who traded them with me. Awesome. I love it. Okay. A couple more, guys. Hold on. Okay. This next one's from Anonymous, but it says, Hey, Emma. Um, I absolutely love your YouTube and I listen to your podcast every night at work to the point where I've ran out of episodes. So I really look forward, look forward to getting a new one every week. Thank you so much for listening to all of them. That's amazing. She said, I'm most definitely a house head. I love some house music, but I would also categorize myself as the rave mom of the group as well. If someone isn't feeling well, I'm the first one to run and get them water and constantly make sure they're starting to feel better. I've never really had anyone there for me in my life scenario. So I always want to make sure I'm there for others. Um, so they feel this, don't feel the same way I do when packing for raves and festivals. I think of not only what I would need, but what others may need. Um, and if they need extra gum, candy to chew on, or just a shoulder to lean on, keep doing what you're doing. Love it. So, so far I'm almost done. We have a lot of headbangers, candy kids, uh, rave moms and dads for sure. And we had, what else did we have? A couple of books in here too, guys. I'm loving it. Okay, this one's from Kat. 
says, hey, Emma, I wanted to write in my submission for this topic because I feel like maybe some other ravers will relate. When I'm at festivals, I am 100% a rail breaker, headbanger stereotype. I love dubstep and rhythm at live shows and would be found headbanging at Excision, Nitty Gritty, DJ Diesel, and Kazo before shuffling. I feel like my style at festivals and events definitely follows the stereotype. I'm drawn to more hardcore outfits, wearing black, hair and braids, shit like that. What I find weird is when I'm at home, not at a festival, I am a total house head and I want to vibe to artists like Dombreski, Diplo, Kygo, etc. But my preference for live events and sets is the total opposite spectrum. I hope other people are like this too. Thank you again so much for this podcast. I'm so happy for your growth and success. I hope you and Brian are staying happy and safe. Thank you, Kat. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. I love when everybody remembers Brian. <laughs> um, I totally relate to that. I think there's something different about being at a live event, like truly, like something just de- resonates differently, especially when you hear an artist live. Like there are some artists that I will never even play a track at all listening to it just like at my house but like Zed's Dead is a good example and I know people love Zed's Dead so I'll be careful here I love Zed's Dead live but I literally never listen to them ever like just hanging out in the house um so I I think it's just a different feeling and like dubstep live like there's so much energy at bass shows so I totally feel you on that um okay two more to go here so this is hey Emma love your podcast and channel um oh wait I got it. That was the most embarrassing story. Hold on. Different episode. <laughs> People already started writing in for like episode three of that um, or part three of that. So we will do another embarrassing story as I promise, but it's going to be another couple of months. But you guys can send in emails now if you want, because that was so much fun. OK, so this is a what type of raver are you email. OK, this is anonymous. So, oh, this is a good one. So the whole thing about stereotypes of people drives me mad. Music has no judgment, shows no boundaries. In my 20 years of raving, I have been every single one of these stereotypes, in quotes, I suppose. When I first started raving, I made candy and listened to happy, hardcore, and trance. About a year in, I came to my senses and I actually began listening to the music the way it's supposed to be heard and felt a little too grown up for candy. Then I began collecting music and became more of a music enthusiast and started memorizing labels and artists and learned about the history of where techno and house derived from. In about 2001 to 2005, I was very big into progressive house and then big electro house phase came into play and so then I called myself a house head. Since I hit my 30s, I became heavy into techno and the darker and emotional side of music. Some people would consider this being a techno snob, in quotes, but I would just consider it being a music enthusiast. It's a great way of putting it. And knowing what good music is. I've spent over half of my life dancing in warehouses, clubs, music festivals, and diving deep into dance music and the culture. The community is not about judgment of character, but about the music and sharing the common interests with like-minded people. We should never forget that we're here for the music and nothing else matters. Thanks for sharing. Let's all live in light and love and music during this difficult time. What a way to end that. Oh my God. Say it louder for the people in the back. That was perfect. Thank you for writing that in. I completely agree with you. And it's really incredible to to hear your history and like your evolution because I think it's so true. Like, especially if you guys stay with raving and stay with dance music, you will see the journey and the transition of yourself. Um, so I love that. And I love that you've experienced like all of these different cultures and stereotypes and quotes. 
Um, and that was just such a great way of putting it. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's all about the music. So that's what's the most important thing, not any of these labels or stereotypes or anything. So we got we got to leave it on that note. Um, let me take a quick break here because my throat is dying. <laughs> and then I'll be back with EDM news and my songs of the week. Okay, you guys, so I just took a break to like get some water. And then I just realized Oliver Heldens is playing live in quotation marks on the room service festival right now so i have to go catch his set (laughs) i want to watch that he's like playing from the back of a boat which is so random but he's adorable okay so let's get into edm news and then my song of the week um so i wanted to do a shout out to insomniac they have announced they are going to be doing a massive edc las vegas live stream Cannot wait for that. I will be watching the entire fucking thing. It is going to be the same weekend that EDC Las Vegas would have taken place. So that is May 15th to the 17th. Can't wait for that. Um, At this point, there's no announcements as far as like artists playing it. Um, So I will keep you guys posted. But mark your calendars. Um, Imagine Music Festival also came out with an announcement that they are changing locations this year. Again, do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't think anything, any festivals are going to happen this year, but we'll let them think that it's going to (laughs) happen. But they're moving to, I think, Bukert, Bukert, Bukert Farm. Sorry, I can't talk. In Chattanooga Hills, Atlanta, Georgia. It's September 18th to the 20th. So I'm curious, like, if anybody's local to the area, what your thoughts are on the change. It's definitely interesting. I had a lot of fun at Imagine Music Festival last year. I would say, like, production-wise, it's definitely on the smaller side. um, But main stage... And, oh, God, I can't remember the second stage with the fire. It was so fun. Like, I Disco Inferno, duh. Um, it was so fun. I had a really good time. Um, it was very dusty. I definitely remember that. It was sort of like in a raceway. It kind of felt like they were trying to do an EDC Las Vegas vibe. Um, but nonetheless, like, did a pr- pretty great job for, like, a smaller scale festival. Obviously had some things they could tweak about it. But, yeah new location always um interesting things that can happen with that so i will keep you posted um global dance is having a virtual festival may 9th to the 10th so there's some more music that you guys can check out um oh i wanted to announce this too because i saw this online david Guetta raised like seven hundred thousand dollars for a covid relief which is pretty cool yeah he dj'd from the top of a miami rooftop if anyone saw the videos it was really cool there were people like standing in the street and you just hear like blaring house music and it was david Guetta performing in miami so that was really cool he played a two-hour dj set from the balcony of the icon brickle in downtown miami uh raising money for covid19 relief efforts Um, So people could like pop out of their balconies and listen to the music, which I think is really fucking cool. And he raised $700,000 for the World Health Organization, um, Feeding South Florida, Feeding America and the French Foundation, uh, which is awesome. And there's a bunch of French words, so I'm not going to try to to do that. But the money raised will pay for more than 1.7 million meals in the region. So kudos to him. That's incredible. Lastly, I want to say about the Above and Beyond tour. So again, not surprising, Um, they finally posted about their Acoustic 3 tour, which I know is very anticipated for Above and Beyond fans. It's a very special um, acoustic performance to go along with their album. Um, But they said it's not going to be going ahead this year. They are working with promoters and venues to reschedule as many shows as possible, although regrettably some shows may have to be fully canceled. 
Um, and they said they're going to try and put uh, out a new run of tour dates in the next coming weeks. All tickets will remain valid for rescheduled shows and refunds will be offered to any shows that are canceled. So I know that was a huge bummer for a lot of people who were looking forward to that because that like sold out quickly for a lot of their dates. Um, so in happier news, let's go to my songs of the week. So for any of you guys who don't know, every Friday morning, I put out my new Music Friday playlist. Um, you guys can go follow it on Spotify now if you're interested. Again, every Friday it gets updated. I take things off. I put things on. So you always have the newest, freshest releases. And it's all EDM. I put all genres in there. It's just like the things I'm feeling, the biggest tracks, the things I'm super into. So definitely go follow the new Music Friday playlist. But this week, what have I been bopping? This week, I have been fucking so into Duke DeMont again because he has put out a lot of new music lately. He dropped a new album, but also he I listened to his Escape Circus, Escape Psycho Circus set, and I was like, oh my God. And it just got me like in a Duke DeMont mood. So his song, Red Light, Green Light, pure heaven. So much fun. I like can picture that being like such a fucking bop at a live show so I cannot wait to see him live he has been on my list to see live for a very long time um and his song obey big fan of that camel fat came out with a new song that's awesome so good I think somebody told me it hit like number one on beatport very quickly which is crazy and it's called um for a feeling by camel fat yeah it's like literally on the homepage of beatport right now so that's really really awesome yeah they're number one So 10 out of 10 recommend that. And then I'm really into Kyle Watson's new song, Major Games. Uh, I've been a Kyle Watson fan for the last couple of months. I was looking forward to seeing him at Ubby Dubby, but it is okay. Uh, And he had a really, really great set this past weekend on the Room Service Festival. So you guys can go check that out. But my lovelies, that is everything I have for you this week. Thank you all so much for checking out this episode. I hope you enjoyed this topic. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing your submissions for the Rave Family episode and for the East Coast versus West Coast episode. So please send in your submissions to raveculturecast at gmail.com. Again, the biggest thing you guys can do to support me and support this podcast so I can keep this thing going is to subscribe, follow on all the platforms. Um, and it doesn't even have to be that like sharing this as your Instagram stories or sending a link to your rave fam today and telling somebody new about this podcast, like goes a very, very long way rating and reviewing on iTunes. Um, like I said, a lot of people aren't really listening to podcasts right now because they don't have a commute or their situation has changed. So let's keep this thing going. And thank you all so much for doing all of those things. Uh, I genuinely really appreciate it so much. Um, and I think that's all I've had. You guys can subs- I can't talk. <laughs> you guys can subscribe over on my YouTube channel and I will be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Hope you all stay happy, healthy and safe and have a good one today. Bye, guys. Dancing, I, I, dancing.